service is on page 260 in the front part of your hymnal. And uh, our uh, hymn is 586, Preach You the Word. You know, there has to have been a translation from somewhere because I don't talk like that, Preach You the Word. But uh, nevertheless, we will sing that one this morning. Yeah. This is the day which the Lord has made. From the rising of the sun to its setting, return to the Lord your God, 
for he is gracious and merciful. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and repentance of evil. Jesus said, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. From the rising of the sun to its setting, Seated for the readings. Good morning. The first reading is from the 26th chapter of Jeremiah. But as soon as Jeremiah finished telling all the people everything the Lord had commanded him to say, the priests, the prophets, and all the people seized him and said, You must die. Why do you prophesy the Lord's name and his house will be like Shiloh, and this city will be desolate and deserted? And all the people crowded around Jeremiah and the house of the Lord. When the officials of Judah heard about these things, they went up from the royal palace to the house of the Lord, took their places at the entrance of the new gate of the Lord's house. 
Then the priests and the prophets said to the officials and all the people, This man should be sentenced to death because he has prophesied against this city. You have heard it with your own ears. Then Jeremiah said to all the officials and all the people, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city and all the things you have heard. Now reform your ways and your actions and obey the Lord your God. Then the Lord will relent and not bring disaster he has pronounced against you. As for me, I am in your hands. Do with me whatever you think is good and right. Be assured, however, that if you put me to death, you will bring the guilt of innocent blood on yourselves and on this city and on those who live in it. For in truth, the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words in your hearing. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from the third and fourth chapters of Philippians. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For, as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
we rise for the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, Lord. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go elsewhere, somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go tell that fox. I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who, would, who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the prophets. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of his people. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. The Ten Commandments. You shall have no... seated for the sermon.
grace, His mercy, and His peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, in the Old Testament lesson, we see somebody in a real predicament. God sends the prophet Jeremiah out to say some unpopular things. And what does he get labeled as? A treasonous person. How can you say that, that we're going we're gonna to lose, that we're going to be carted off? How dare you say that? That just lowers morale. And you can see the propaganda machine start to crank up. There is propaganda, right? You've heard about it, haven't you, just recently? Propaganda, which is spinning something in a certain way to favor you. And if you spin something in a way that the populace thinks against, well, you become very unpopular. Jeremiah stated as much. He said, fine, do whatever you want with me. But know this, if you kill me, you're going, to be, you're going to be spilling innocent blood because God is the one who told me to come forward. And that's what I'm doing, pure and simple. And this is Judah. This is not Israel. This is Judah, the one that would be persistent in history, the tribe of Judah, that section. Israel was carted away and disappeared. And was populated with Samaritans and those sinners. But Judah wasn't supposed to do this. And yet, we see the officials of Judah going after Jeremiah. What is sacred anymore? Anything? And isn't that the conundrum we face, even today? I've been following the conflict over there. And I see that there's a lot of diplomacy happening. A lot of, you know, slapping each other across the face and saying, well, that's not far enough for you to respond in this way or that way because it's a diplomatic slap, which is different than being in the, oh, no, you're in the war. Oh, no, we're not. When we get in the war, you'll, let us, you'll know that we're in the war. Oh, but no, you're already in the war. And what do you believe? What do you do? Not once have I heard the, uh, I don't know, the groups of people who gather in the name of diplomacy and, spe and uh, peace talk about what God would will for this world. And there you have it, pure and simple. Yeah, but pastor, you get paid to say stuff like that because... You push religion for a living. Okay, fine. If you want to put that moniker on me, fine. But I've been sent by God to tell you the truth. And if you kill me, you got innocent blood on your hands. I know you're saying, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. When did we ever threaten to kill you? But you know, life just kind of creeps along like that, and we end up, not listening, or we end up putting our eggs in baskets that are, that are different than listening to God. 
Indeed, in one congregation, I remember it, where uh, I was told, uh, well, Pastor, look, we're in charge of the, you know, earthly things, the brick and the mortar and all of that stuff, and you're in charge of the spiritual things. What that person was indicating, it was just one person, but what that person was indicating to me was that anything that mattered in this world was not my department. I was the pastor of winds and, and, and breezes and spiritual stuff, whatever that meant, and it didn't mean that much to that person. Well, of course, in some ways, but maybe when I said it, it didn't mean anything. Ah, conflict, yes, indeed. In conflict. It happens in the world, as we can see. And I don't understand how that happened, because I think we're a lot more sophisticated, are we not? We live in a global village. Everybody knows everybody else's business. And yet, somehow... We're still in conflict in many places of the world. And what do we have to say about that? Well, let me tell I'm glad you asked me that question. Why are you guys paying attention to that conflict instead of that other conflict that's smaller and less significant to you, but all the more important? Yeah, I've heard it all in this thing. You know, what do you think about the war? Well, I know there's a lot more wars going on that that certain people aren't paying attention to and people are dying there too. Oh, you're talking about something. Okay, yeah, well, you know. But war is war, right? And people die, and each person is a creation of God. So where is the truth? Well, you know where the truth is. You are a child of the truth. And God himself says what the truth is. You see how I snuck religion back into it? Oh, that sneaky pastor. He comes in there and we're talking about relevant stuff and then he sticks that religious needle right in there like an acupuncturist and makes it relevant again. Well, it's relevant because it comes from God. And whether the councils and the unification boards and the whatever organizations where they make decisions that rock this world when they don't consult the creator they aim too low but for now i think there's enough respect for humanity and that sort of thing where maybe the right thing can get done however the motives I have no idea. I don't know why a person's motivated to do this or to do that. And some people don't get my motivations right either. Another instance, is the building falling down or what? What, what is that bumpity bump? Satan, get out of here. Just, well, you can stick around, but shut up. So in another, uh, in another congregation where there was conflict, someone actually called me the spawn of Satan. Little fuzzy 
fuzzy, you know, little fluffy, fuzzy me. Can you believe that? But that person was very convinced. And that person's a Christian. I'm pretty sure. It's not my place to judge, but I'm pretty sure. What I'm saying here is that it is not my place to encourage you to this political or that advantageous or this or that other opinion. It is my job to be sent by God to proclaim, to prophesy, as it were, God's word. God's word that is already in your heart. And so I agree with you and the faith that God has given to you. And somewhere between the speaking of and the hearing of and the having within our, our very beings, there needs to be a resolution of obedience. Now, this obedience isn't going to save you. We've talked about this, this till we're blue in the face. Doing good doesn't get you in heaven. Jesus gets you in heaven. And Jesus did it right. But what did he do? He was born in the flesh. He suffered persecution. People kept telling him, you're not the son. That's blasphemy. Because huh? he came amongst people and he let them know in very certain terms. He said to one group, before your father Abraham was, I am. And to say that word itself was blasphemy. Why? Because in the Ten Commandments, we're told not to misuse the name of the Lord your God. Don't use it in vain. And what did the Hebrews decide to do? Well, there's one way that we will never misuse it, and that is never to use it in the first place. And so when somebody said Yahweh, which, by the way, if you want to realize how ludicrous it is, it is saying, I am. So in English, you could not say, I am. How do you say, I am going to the store? How do you do that if you can't say, I am? I is. But you couldn't say, Yahweh, which is the present tense. To be is God. There is no past. There is no future. It is all present tense for God. He is the only one who can say that because the minute I say I am, I am done went and gone and it was I was. And if I talk about anything in the future, it's I will. But I am is here just for a fleeting moment. Only with God is it a present tense reality. And this is, this is something that only God can pull off. And in all of that time, because he said at the beginning of I am, which of course there is no beginning, to be honest, because God always existed. But even before the foundations of the world, we are told Christ did what he did. Christ did what he did even before he did it. I don't know. What do you, you know? Yeah, yeah you, you believe that. 
and I got a, you know, I got some swamp land for sale. But for God, it's true. Because even before the foundation of the world, Christ and Him crucified, Christ crucified for us. And then at the right time, that was put into action. So those people who lived before the crucifixion believed the Messiah was going to come. And we look back at the cross and we see that crucifixion. And it doesn't happen all the time. It happened one time and it happened over 2,000 years ago before CNN got on the air. But even if CNN got on the air, I can guarantee you there would have been talking heads and all kinds of pontificators who would have said all kinds of stupid things about what is happening at this point in time, just like sometimes they're doing today. The more things change, the more things seem to be the same. And the only difference is God. It's the only difference. And those people who think that we can continually order life and get better and better and better, and then one day this nation will be the greatest nation on earth and everybody will go to church. and fu- How's that working? How's that plan working? I'm looking out at a church that can handle more people than we have here today. And I'm thankful for each and every one of you who is here today, but you realize the only opportunity we have to fill up these seats is if somebody significant dies. And then maybe half the people, you know, are just here to honor the family or a memory of that individual. And again, I can't judge. But I can say that, that oftentimes these churches could be filled, but they're not. Why? Does it mean that people are not believers? No, it doesn't. It just means that going to church is not necessarily a part of their habit. Believe me, God exists everywhere. This is another wonderful thing about God. When something happens to us in life, Oftentimes, like a lady announced to me one time, um, she wanted me to do the memorial of her son who had passed away, I think, at least a year previous. And so she wanted it on that anniversary of his death. And then she announced to me that she wasn't going to be in church for the next few weeks or so because she was going to be mourning her son. And I was thinking... See, where is that in the hymnal? The rubrics for mourning and that sort of thing. Because I think she had done her mourning, I'm not sure, but somehow she had convinced herself. And isn't that the way we do that? You know, take a little argument between husband and wife. It's all about what this person thinks should happen as opposed to what this person thinks should happen. And it happens a lot you know, when a, per, when a couple get married, but, I, but there's the anesthesia of, I love you. And, and that kind of deadens, you know, part of that. But, I, but after a while, 
you know, that kind of goes away and, and then, you know, you have a point to prove and there are principles, right? And that's when, you know, if, if there's no good resolution, in other words, if you say, you know, I mean, there's a real good shot if you have a family that goes to church and they really take that seriously in their life. And, and so when you get into an argument with your spouse, you might say, no, what's the problem that I'm bringing to this argument? Where is it my fault that this thing is going off the rails? Maybe I should back down a little bit. And if you don't have that mechanism, even though you're Christian, how does it serve you? Pulled up on a scene one time, and uh, uh, it was in, oh, it was very complicated. But anyway, she uh, was kind of pushed out of the house because he decided that she had gone too far. And then she wanted to go back and collect some stuff and whatever. He had changed the locks in the house. Changed the locks in the house. And he had taken the keys and she had no transportation, even though she had access. She should be having access to that transportation. So police go to the house and knock on the door and everything, and we can't find them. And, and, and uh, finally, these ladies, and they weren't, they weren't the skinniest ladies in the world, but I don't know how they did it, but they jumped across a wood fence, you know, these wood slat kind of things. They actually climbed the fence and went there and woke up the husband, and which we gained access to the house. And finally, after all the shenanigans and yelling and, and, and all of that stuff, um, I'm in the room and the guy hears that I'm a chaplain, and all of a sudden he's focused on me. And I'm going, and I'm thinking, well, that's odd. But then I'm also thinking that, I said, after hearing the story, and we don't need to go into the story, but I was, it was one on principles. I said, I said, all right. I said, so you're, you, you got principles. That's good. That's good to have principles. I said, you can take those principles, and for Thanksgiving, you can have stuffed principles. You can have fried principles, you know, during Mardi Gras or whatever. You can have baked principles at Christmas time. You can have all this stuff, and guess what? You're going to be consuming all those principles all by yourself. Because n look at your families here. They're all saying you're crazy. You might, have, you might have been a little bit too, you know. And he looked at me and he said, you're saying that, that I'm overreacting. And I went, <laughs> you think? And he smiled, and the family saw that. It's just what, this doesn't happen every day, by the way. But we went from, oh, this is not going to be good at all, to I think they have a shot at making this marriage work. Because somehow, somehow, God got in there, and this man who had, done, who had thrown his wife out, I mean, women, think about that. Would you take that man back? Uh-huh, there you go. But you know what? He began to see, now I don't know what happened after I left, because he has the option of going back to Jekyll, you know, to Dr. Jekyll. 
But when he turned from Dr. Jekyll to Dr. Hyde, his wife said, okay, okay, you know, all right. Because all of a sudden, the enmity that was there ceased to be. Why? Because God had his way. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying anything anymore. I'm not saying, you know, you got to read your Bible every day. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm just saying that when a prophet of God comes up and says something, or maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a family member you don't particularly care for. Maybe it's a little kid. Who knows what it is, but God can send a prophet to you who says something and they don't even understand sometimes all the stuff they're saying. But when they say it and it hits you and you go, hmm, there's your opportunity to listen. Just like when Jeremiah went up to the ruling people of Judah and they made a corporate decision. We don't like this guy because he's treasonous. And he said, fine, if you want to kill me, kill me. But let me tell you something. There's somebody with a far higher pay grade than me that you need to be listening to. And that's the point, pure and simple. Who are you listening to? Is this like a fire and brimstone, sir? I'm not sure, but I sure did get on a soapbox this morning, didn't I? What did Jesus do? He came, he suffered, and then for the truth and for love and for all of these things, he died. And you can see that in some of the things. I'm, I, I look at YouTube, I look at that, and every now and then you'll see something. I saw some soldiers from the other side, you know, the big bad bully soldiers I saw. Some of them saying, you know, we came in here and we realized that there's a lot of brothers and uncles and, and mothers and fathers and, and aunts and, and all of these things here in this country that we are destroying right now. And we're destroying ourselves because we're destroying our family. And they refused to fight. They were prisoners. And then I saw another one where, where it says that these big bad bully soldiers who are now prisoners are afraid that if they go back to their big bad bully country that they're going to get killed. Why? Because their families already prepared funerals for them. Now you and I, we don't have to have that confrontation. Not yet. Or we never have had to. Maybe not. Maybe we have been confronted with the truth and had to stand up and pay for the truth. All the while being yelled at, cursed at. I can tell you I have. But let me tell you this too. That there's some comfort in knowing that regardless of what other people think of you, your heart is in the right place. Because you are a child of God and you understand what Christ has done for you and you understand that even up into death because we're all going to die. And as we sang earlier, I'm but a stranger here. Where's my home? Heaven. 
Oh, that hymn, oh, it's so sad. Really, is it? It's what we hope for. Maybe it could be faster. I don't know. But at the same time, the truth, thank God that we know what it is. And thank God that he has planted that in us in faith. And thank God that we can, we have a shot of listening to the truth and saying, oh, oh what, a, what a knucklehead I am. And I say that to you all the time, right? I say it so much. I got a, we, we got a gift um, at Christmas time to a, uh, to, you know, uh, a coupon uh, to a place called Knuckleheads where we can go and eat. And we need to do that. But, uh, but that's how, how much I say it because it's true. What a knucklehead I am. I can say stupid things to, to you almost any time, at any time, and not even realize what I'm saying because that is the sure sign of knuckleheaditis. And we do do that to one another. We do hurt one another without even meaning to. And when that happens, you have an opportunity, just like that lady who took her, her disaster of a husband back. Why? Because Christ entered this disaster and he suffered and he died, but he rose again. Why? Because he is the I am. And death, pff, that's nothing. For us, death ends everything. It ends all of our retirement plans and travel plans and all of those things. Everything that we hold most dearly and clearly in our lives. But when we do die, that him, that draggy old old sad sack hymn that we just sang is going to be our permanent existence. Heaven is our home. That's where we're going to be in heaven. And believe me, we're going to be, that's going to, you think you're going to be bored in heaven? Try to live every day as present tense because we're going to be in God's time then and everything is going to be, I don't think we're going to be bored at all. And God will be there with us. And this knucklehead, I'm going to be sitting right where you are. I'm not going to be up front because God's going to be up front. So I'm going to be out of a job. But I'm not going to have to worry about food stamps or anything like that because God is going to take care of me. He promises that. And it's going to last forever and ever, almost like this sermon is starting to do. So let me just close that out because I think the point has come. And the point is never going to go. And that is that God sends us out. Please rely on the faith that God has given you in your heart, backed up by Jesus Christ who did everything right for you. And do be distributors of forgiveness, of love, of truth. No matter what people say of you, they don't matter. 
God is the one ultimately who does matter and the fact that you are his child. No matter what denomination or what mood you're in or what side of the bed you got out on this morning, doesn't matter. God in you is everything. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. As we have already uh, um, made provision for receiving offerings, uh, we continue with the offertory, which is uh, hymn 422 in the LSB, On My Heart, and print your image. We pray. Heavenly Father, see how many still walk as enemies of the cross of Christ and face destruction. Make known your mercies in Christ that they may repent and become citizens of your kingdom. Protect your people from their evil intentions and grant that we would follow the example of the apostles who willingly suffered wrong to make Jesus known. Lord, in your mercy. Remember the households of this congregation, O Lord. Provide help and companionship to those who live alone. Foster love between husbands and wives, parents and children. That our homes would not be places to worship our bellies, glory and shame, or set our minds on earthly things, but a refuge here and a foretaste of our heavenly home. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Remember our nation and those you have placed in authority, O Lord. Give them wisdom and integrity and grant that neither they nor the citizens of our land would hinder your church or despise your call to repentance. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Remember the sick and the afflicted, O Lord. Remember all of those people that we have in our bulletin listed. Deliver them for the sake of Christ who cast out demons and performed cures on his way to finish his course at the cross. Strengthen their faith and hold fast to him who rose again to raise them also. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Remember this household of faith, O Lord, and gather us together at your altar as a hen gathers her brood 
under her wings. Unite us in true confession of your word, sincere repentance for our sins. Lord, in your mercy. Holy God, we deserve nothing but judgment and disaster for our sins. Open our eyes so that we do not take your wrath lightly, but strive by your grace to mend our ways and deeds. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, your Son suffered the reproach of mankind, even as he bore all of our sins to be to the cross. Strengthen us gladly to bear reproach in your name and boldly declare your salvation. Let us give thanks for those people who have lived lives of faith and now stand before you. We ask that you would continue to be with the family of Vince Corona, who is, uh, who is now standing before you, and the family is now uh, mourning his loss. And there are many people mourning the losses of sons and daughters in this war-torn world, and we ask that you would call them all your faithful and perhaps use this calamity to open hearts, those people who are so convinced that they're right, and no, you're wrong, and I'm right, and no, you're wrong. Help us to listen to you, because two people who have enmity with one another, someone has to be wrong, because you desire full unity and love forgiveness. And so we ask that you would inject us with that love and that forgiveness and help us to be distributors of the same to all those friends and enemies. We ask that through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, it is it's your glory always to have mercy. Bring back all the erred and strayed from your ways. Lead them again to embrace in faith the truth of your word and to hold it fast. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Please be seated.
in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. A reading from John chapter 3. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. And from Acts chapter 2, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. From 1 Corinthians 12, Just for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body through many are one body, so it is with Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. And from Ephesians chapter 1. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. In baptism, God brings us into his family and calls us to be his own. By baptism, God gives us the gifts of faith, life, love, forgiveness, and strength, and asks us to respond in faithfulness and in service to others. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for the new life you have given us through holy baptism. Especially we ask you to bless Randall, O'Brien, Dalton Chauncey, Dwight Witter, and Max Clayson on the anniversaries of their baptisms. Continue to strengthen them with the Holy Spirit and increase in them your gifts of grace, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Almighty and merciful God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Our closing hymn is 923.